I can't stress this enough. It's the most controllable thing in your personal right. finances, right? So it's the one thing that really does kind of make everything else easier in your personal finances. So you got, you know, it's just, you got to get good at it. Welcome back to the Max Your Dash podcast. Thank you for listening, liking, and sharing. My name is Steve. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Nate. Nate, what's going on? Oh, I'm just uh, you know sitting in the, the man cave in my house, excited to do episode three. With all the, the deer staring at you? Yeah, a lot of deer. A lot of deer staring at me. <laughs> How's your knee, knee going, doing? It's great. I actually had my first like follow-up appointment today with the surgeon and their team. So I'm three weeks out. Let me guess. They're they're saying we've never seen a medical marvel. You're you're improving at a rate we've never seen. Actually, actually, yeah, that's pretty much how it went. Hundred uh, percent. No, it's it's uh it's going it's going really well. It's it's going better than I anticipated. Um, I'm 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 actually walking now. So. Really? I was, that so was you don't make Nicole get up to do everything? Yes. Yeah, you can actually, like, let the dog out? <laughs> yeah. For the first few weeks, she literally had to do everything. I felt so bad. But um, my biggest fear was being on crutches for, like, six weeks, which I'm now off of them. So it's three weeks, and I'm off of crutches, which is huge. So what? So we're uh, we're making progress one day at a time. One day at a time. Is is this like your first ever like crazy surgery injury before? I don't know if I asked yeah. you this last time. Yeah, no, I've never, I've never had surgery on anything before. Really? Yeah, it was, it was, it's been, it's pretty intense. I'm sure there's, I mean, there's a lot of people I've ran into that have gone through it and they all say the same thing. It's, it's a process, man. It's like a six month to nine month grind before you're actually right. able to like do real stuff on that knee and trust it. But we're making progress. Right. It's so crazy when you think about like professional athletes, like I feel like this injury, the ACL and like the Achilles are like the worst Mm -hmm. injuries you can get if you're an athlete. Mm -hmm. And I, I feel like their recovery process is just like so long. Like Mm -hmm. anytime you hear the report that, that, you know, they tore their ACL, you just know they're out for the year at least. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no chance. I mean, Adrian Peterson came back in like eight months, which was just like unbelievable. But normally, right. yeah, I mean, there's there's no way you can get back within a year. You're you're right on the same, same cover. <laughs> yeah, I'm on the exactly. Yeah. He's gonna come back player of the year. <laughs> exactly. All right, all right. Um, cool. We got a. I'm excited for this episode because it's our first like financial planning topic one. Yeah. Um, which is kind of weird. It's our, our third episode, but. Why don't you tell everyone what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, so today's topic, we thought for our first financial planning topic, we would discuss what we think is the most controllable part of personal finance, which is budgeting and cash flow. And it's it's a it's an area that everyone has to deal with. I don't care where you come from, you got to deal with it, and it's one of the most important things. And so we today our goal is to we tried to narrow down what we what we believe are the five best tips or tricks that we could provide to our listeners related to budgeting and cash flow. So that's what we're going to go through today. Our goal is to just educate people and give them some new ideas around 
around that yep. topic and how to execute better as a budgeter. Five tips. Five I love tips. that. You follow these five tips, you're going to be a better budgeter. I just thought of this before we get into those. Um, I don't know if you've said something like this before, but sometimes when I'm talking to a client, um, and I say this frequently, like we get so sometimes high level with stuff with the planning that we're doing. And sometimes I bring it back and just say, listen, if if you're a good, a really good and disciplined budgeter, this stuff is going to work mm-hmm. out. And if you really think about it, it really just comes down to it. Think about like the most mm-hmm. successful people you know, or the most successful clients you you know, in like terms of how well they do, they're usually like solid budgeters, yeah. like from like how good their financial plan is. Right, right. And like I said, I can't stress this enough. It's the most controllable thing in your personal right. finances, right? So it's the one thing that really does kind of make everything else easier in your personal finances. So you got, you know, it's just, you got to get good at it. And, and you're hundred percent right. I, I mean, the, the best clients are generally the people that save at the highest rate, which means that they're the best budgeters. Right. So. Yep. Exactly. Also, it's not easy as a disclaimer, being a good budgeter is not easy, especially if you're just, you're just starting out, but let's start with tip number one. What's the first one? Number one tip is you need to set up your environment to win. Okay. And so we did an episode, episode one of this podcast was all about goal setting and execution. And one of the things we talked about in there was you need to set up your environment to succeed. And so how that applies, I think, to budgeting is what's your environment for good budgeting? And one of the issues that we face today that is kind of unprecedented in the world of budgeting is like how quickly people can cash out like on Amazon or in different orders or whatever. So the environment is set up to not be good at budgeting. The environment is set up to not be good at saving money. And so how can we combat that? How can we set up our environment to be better at that? What I think it comes down to is automation. And what we mean by that is automating your cash flow so that you don't have to, so that it, you make it easier on yourself. So let's break that down. This is, this is probably the most important thing that we can talk about today. Automating cash flow. So what we mean by automating cash flow is a couple of things. Number one, bill pay. Your bills have to be paid on time every single month. You can't skip a beat on that. Otherwise, it's going to impact your credit score and that kind of thing, right? You can't miss a mortgage payment. So yeah. you need to automate your bill pay. And everybody probably does that to some extent, I hope. Um, you know, it's pretty easy to go and, and set up those auto bill pays, right? But one of the things that I find clients oftentimes aren't doing that is a, is a little tip that kind of has a big impact is separating your fixed expenses from your variable expenses and then automating your bill pay. So what I mean by that is having a, a checking account dedicated only to pay your fixed expenses, like your mortgage, your insurance, your car payments, your student loans, whatever, right? Your fixed bills. And it comes out of that checking account that we would label a fixed expense account. And so then what you should be doing is direct depositing the exact amount of money from your paycheck to that account to cover those bills, and they should all be on bill pay. So you don't have to go in and you should never have to go log right. into something and pay a bill, right? It should just happen for yeah, you. Yeah, ideally, you should never have to check the account. Exactly. You know those bills. Yep. You know how the fixed expenses are. They're coming out. You know when they're coming exactly. out. You know how Exactly. Much. Yep. So you automate that, right? 
So then the next thing you need to do is automate your variable expenses, right? So when we say variable expenses, we mean things like gas, food, groceries, and fun, gas, food, and fun, right? So these are the expenses that you can't necessarily pinpoint an exact dollar amount of what it's going to be every day or every week, but you can kind of budget for it, right? So like you, you should be able to figure out how much should you spend in a month on groceries, right? So you need to have though a separate account for paying for those things. This was one of the biggest mistakes, Steve, that I made when I was like in college, I was working, a, I was, I was working at Lowe's and um, I was paying my rent for college at, from the same account that I was, I was, you know, buying dinners from with my buddies. Right. Yeah. And I never knew how yeah. much money did I have. And yeah, you don't want to get to that point where you're, you're spending, you're going out to dinner and then you have rent due the <laughs> exactly. next day coming out of exactly. the exact same and account. It's like the worst, it's the feeling. worst feeling in the world. And, and when I was in college, that's the life I was living and it was horrible. And I never, I never knew yeah. what was going on. So what you need to do is separate, bifurcate the two fixed expenses in one account, variable expenses in another account. And then you need to figure out a budget for what do I want to allow myself to spend from the variable account. And then key to automation, direct deposit the money right into that account. And if you can't direct deposit right from your paycheck, then just set up an auto transfer from your fixed expense account to that account. So the only thing you have to think about is just staying within your budget. And here's the thing, right? Like if you're really a spender and this is hard for you, if you go swipe your card to go out and have drinks with your friends and it gets declined, that sucks. It's embarrassing, but that's not going to impact your credit score. You cannot have that happen on your right. mortgage payment, right? So separating the two yeah. is key. Yeah. Okay. Now there, let, let's say someone is doing that, right? They're saying, okay, we're going to, we're going to set that up. We're going to make the two accounts. What if someone's thinking about like, what about those large expenses mm. that are, that are going to come out, you know, come up in the next 12 months over the next year, yep. they're going to come up whether you know, it's a wedding gift or you have to pay for something here. Like what about those large expenses that come out, uh, come up every single year? What do you do? With those? So you jump into my number two tip. Um, but I, so I want to answer that. And then I, there's one other thing I want to say on the number one tip of automation and setting up your environment. But so to answer your question there, this is key. This is probably like if people set up auto pay and you ask me what's something, what's a mistake people would make that would still screw things up. It'd be this, that they forget to forecast large expenses within the next 12 months. Right. We all know that we've got our friend's wedding coming up in November that you're in that's going to cost you money. Yep. Is it a part of your monthly budget? If it's not, you're, pro you're going to end up being that person that gets surprised all the time with large expenses that you knew were coming, that you didn't set aside the money for. So forecast in the next 12 months, what are all the large expenses that I know are coming? Things like a wedding, things like you know, gifts that you're going to be buying. Things like, hey, I'm probably going to need new tires on my car later this year before snow flies, right? Things like that, you can forecast. And then the key is, again, bringing it back to automation is do you have a set, do you have a set number monthly that you're setting aside for these things, right? And you can do that and you can automate that. Does that make sense the way I explain that? Yeah, yeah. I feel like tips one and, and two kind of go together, like the automation I feel like we say that a lot mm -hmm. with a lot of the work that we do is making things automated. What is you always say? It removes the willpower, yes. right? Because if you remove the willpower, it's done for you. Mm -hmm. There's no room yeah, for error. You got to remove human error. Right.
because we, we'll screw that up, right? Okay. We'll, we'll definitely screw that up. And then yeah. going back to number one with automation. So we talked about automating your fixed expenses and automating your, your gas, food, and fund the variable expenses. And then we just talked about how to forecast the, those expenses. The other parts, though, are you need to automate your savings and investing, right? The most important part, probably, right? So paying yourself first. So you can automate that easily, right? Like if you've got a 401k offered at work, and you put 10% away into that account, it's coming right out of your paycheck. It's automated. It works. You can do the same thing with your Roth IRA, the same thing with your emergency funds, the same thing with a taxable investment right. account. You can set up an automated strategy that so that you don't have to ever, you should never have to go log in and transfer money and do this and that, right? It should just be happening automatically for you. And a rule of thumb, right. a rule of thumb that everybody should be striving for is 20% of what you earn should be getting saved or invested, right? So if I earn $10,000 a month, two grand should be going into either savings, emergency funds, whatever, or investments, 401ks, all that's included. So, but automate it, okay? So that you don't have to think. I I think the saving part is almost just as important because think about how easy, I've done this so many times and so many people, this is so easy to do, when someone says, oh, like, let's say their goal is to save 500 bucks a month into their emergency fund every single month. And they say, you know, what? I'll just transfer it at the end of the month. No. Think about how easy it is to just mm-hmm. not do that. The 30th comes along, you'll say, all right, I'll, I'll transfer it the next day as opposed mm-hmm. to, I say every time set up, you know, like you're saying an auto deposit from one, from your checking to your saving. So on the last day of the month or whenever you're going to have it automatically saved, it's going to transfer because if you leave that up to yourself, you're going to make an excuse, especially if you're just starting doing yeah. this, right? Those first couple months, you're going to make excuses for yourself. So automating just does yep. it for you. Exactly. You're exactly right. And, and kind of going back to like, so, so the first tip was setting your environment up to win. So when you set up these automated you know, systems like that, where you're direct deposit money to the fixed account, you direct deposit money to the variable account, you direct deposit money to your emergency funds, you direct deposit money to your 401k. That makes the environment a lot easier to manage. But then you still might be wondering like, okay, I'm doing some of that, but I still want to, I need, I still can improve, right? So maybe you're, you're a spender, right? You're, you're constantly, you're the Amazon, thing like you're getting boxes showing up on your doorstep every day and you want to get better at that let's talk about how can you set up your environment to get better at that one habit and this was something that we covered in episode one of the podcast when it came to goals right we one of the things we talked about was start small and and then stack your wins from there right so if you're the amazon shopper that's got boxes showing up every day and you want to get better at that Let's focus on just a tiny change in that one area. And then how can we set up your environment to, to win? So, so my suggestion, Steve, I'm curious what your thoughts would be on this, are if I'm, if I'm constantly buying stuff on Amazon and I want to get better at this, maybe I, I would first I would start with, okay, well, how much am I spending? Maybe it's $200 a week on average. And I want to change that to like $100 a week, right? I would actually encourage people to start even smaller. I'd say, hey, if we can get that from 200 to 150 a week, that's that's progress, okay? That's, that's progress. Awesome. That's yeah. $2,500 a year that you just put in your pocket, not Amazon's pocket. And trust me, Amazon doesn't need the money, right? So, 
So focus on that $50 change every week. Now, how can you set up your environment, though, to make it happen? Because it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing to actually do it. And this is something we talked about in episode one was put like, do like, what about like, what if you put on your mirror in your bathroom? Cause you're going to be in there every day of your life, brushing your teeth. Yep. You put, you stick something on your mirror that says only spend one fifty at on Amazon per week. That's a, a trick, right? That starts to, it, what it does is that it's going to, you're going to see that statement every day. And I promise you that statement will slowly become your reality because you're, it's the subconscious right. mind seeing it over and over and over again. And eventually, and then when you go to right. check out on purchases, whoa, I started thinking about that image. It was on my bathroom mirror. And then it's that, it's yep. that power that gets you to actually change the habit of the easy checkout. Yeah. It sounds like when you say that, it just sounds like people are maybe like, sounds so stupid but it, it works 100 percent behind your bed on the fridge something you're like seeing every single mm-hmm. day where it's gonna trick your mind into like actually like making mm-hmm. that change because changing the habit is really hard so you gotta do it's so like hard that. i was so hard. when when you say like start small i was even thinking in my head like you were getting really small like inside of the habit of amazon Let's start spending less there. What if someone's like, okay, I'm a really bad spender with Amazon, but I'm also really bad at dining mm-hmm. out. So they're that kind of budgeter, right? They want it. Would you say start just tackling yes. one of those inside? Yes. Like if they're a bad Yes, okay. because I've seen it so many times. I've seen it so many times. People get all excited about, I'm going to change all this stuff. And if, oh my God, if I follow through, I'm going to have $20,000 at the end of the year then, that I could never save before. Right. And then you fall flat on your face because you're trying to change way too many things at once. And and I respect, right. by the way, if you can go do that, awesome. By all means, I'm I'm your biggest right. cheerleader. But <laughs> what I know is that for most people, that's just hard to do. And and like we talked yeah. about in episode one, start small, stack your wins, and then you know what happens? Is it starts to have a spillover effect. You start to actually spend a little bit less on the restaurant and dining. Yeah. Because of the, the fact that you're just you're starting to rewire your brain to slowly become a little bit more of a saver and a little bit less of a spender. And it, it just works by focusing on one tiny area, but being consistent about it and actually following through. And if you try to change too many things at once, the likelihood you're going to follow through is very low it, based on my experience of seeing yeah. it happen. I think in episode one, you likened it to um, trying to lose weight or going to the gym. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the, the biggest time that people like fail is with their like diet and nutrition goals because they try to change so many things like tomorrow, I'm going to change my entire lifestyle. And if I just do that every single day for X amount of months, mm-hmm. it's going to work, right? It's the same kind of concept, just starting small because you're just setting yourself up for failure if you try to do everything at once because it's just not realistic. It's not because you can't accomplish it. It's just not realistic. You're just being too hard on yourself. Um, Just start small. So tip one and tip two were kind of automating. So setting up your environment to win um, by automating the cash flow for tip number one. Tip number two was taking those large expenses, forecasting them out for the next 12 months, add that into your automation. Tip number three was starting small. Um, That's how you're going to be able to change the Mm -hmm. spending habit. What is tip number yeah, four? Yeah, I kind of screwed up there where I didn't, I didn't say that that was tip number three. So, so again, to kind of hammer that point home, tip number three 
is if you want to effectively change your habits, start small, stack your wins, measure it. Okay. And one other thing I just want to add really quick was there's a, a great book. I think we referenced this already called Atomic Habits by James Clear. And one of the things that I learned from that book that was amazing was this thing called the Jerry Seinfeld Never Break the Chain method. And so we all know who Jerry Seinfeld is, right? The greatest comedian of all time. And he's been on record for saying multiple times that the, the thing that made him so great was that he realized early on that if he's going to be the best comedian of all time, he has to tell the best jokes of all time. And if he wants to tell the best jokes of all time, how he would get there is he's got to write jokes all the time to find the best jokes. And so he figured out that if I just write jokes every day for a lot of years, I'll probably become the best joke teller in the world. And that's what happened. And so he actually started to track a calendar where he would just say, okay, did I write jokes? I forget how long he said he would have to write for, but he would just put a little X on the calendar day that he did it. And he had this, this, this concept called never break the chain. When you start to string together those X's, it gets really hard to break the chain, right? So how does that apply to this? Well, if you're trying to become like, maybe it's again, to go back to the Amazon point, if you don't want to, if you're trying to fix that behavior, drill it down to a daily decision that you can make and never break the chain, but you got to have the calendar where you're tracking it like Jerry Seinfeld did. Right. That's so powerful. It's so powerful for your mind because what will happen is after 20 or 30 days of doing it, you do not ever want to miss a day. Right. And then that's how you form Mm -hmm. habits. So anyway, so that's, that's tip number three, tip number four. So, one of the things that I see all the time and I hear all the time, especially from friends and, and I get it that this is, this is like, it's a challenge in the world we, that we live in is having you and your spouse be on the same page about your finances and your budget can be really hard. It's, I, I feel like a lot of the times with clients that we talk with, the spouses are, are not the same in terms of their spending habits. One spouse might be a really good saver. The other spouse might be more of a spender and it creates a conflict, right? And so if you really want to have, a, you know, that team, if you want to work as a team and have great finances, you need to be on the same page about it, right? And so tip number four is schedule a monthly finance meeting with you and your spouse. And if you're a single person, you still need to have a monthly finance meeting with yourself or maybe a friend. Maybe you can find a friend that, that wants to work on this too. But the key is, is do you have a monthly finance meeting every single month on the calendar, same time of the month where you're going to review what the, the, the important things in your monthly finances. So Steve, do you, do you remember, like we, we wrote that blog together about like having an agenda for that meeting. Do you remember what those things were? Yep. Yeah. Um, I also love this tip. I think this is so key. It kind of goes into automating again. Like if you can have this every single month, adding this to the chain, like imagine you're 11 months in, think about what your financial like outlook is going to look like, or your like stress level on your finances. If you had a monthly meeting with yourself or your spouse, just thinking about all this financial stuff when normally I feel like what happens is like in your head one day, you're just like, Oh, I should probably look into what my Mm -hmm. finances are looking like. It's so sporadic. You know, you don't have like something planned and that's where all the financial stress builds up from because you keep like putting it off. Right. I think having the monthly, but yes, what do you actually do during those meetings? Um, 
first categorizing the spending, looking at your budget versus the uh, intended budget versus your actual budget, updating your balance sheet, and then just reviewing goals. Yeah. Why don't you go into those? Yeah. A so, bit? so categorizing spending. So my wife and I, we do this. We have a monthly meeting where we try to make it fun, by the way, because it's not always the most fun thing to do. And so some of our listeners might be like, I'm not doing that. I'm not having a monthly finance meeting and that stuff. We try to make it fun where we have, maybe we order out a good dinner from our favorite restaurant locally. We have some wine or something like that. We make it fun, right? It doesn't need to be this high stress thing, guys. So, but the the first thing that we are going to do is we're going to categorize our spending for the last month. What we mean by that is, do our, do we have clarity on where we spent our money last month? How much of it was on groceries? How much of it was on dining out? How much of it was on clothing, right? Like, so we need to make sure we're all clear on where the money went because that kind of clarity yep. is, is key. Otherwise, like if you don't know where your yep. money is going, how do you know what to change? Right. Right. Real quick on this one. I've, I've been like seeing this with our clients who are actually doing this is like the spillover effect is happening with this. Like they're looking at their transactions mm-hmm. so much that like, as they spend, they're just like knowing yep. in their head now. And it's awesome. It's not like they're becoming robots. Like, oh, what can I spend on? Like, you're not, you're, you know, you're not being like, you're not like being more, you know, stingy and stuff like that. But it's just like the spillover effect, yeah. like you said before, of just like knowing where your money is going is just yeah, such dat- a good Data feeling. and analytics is kind of like a big buzz word nowadays, right? Like, but it's true. So when you when you know the data and you can analyze the data so easily today because of the technology and the tools that we have available to us, it, it, those, it gives you great information to then go make great decisions with, right. Where, whereas, you know, 10 years ago, you couldn't necessarily do that as easily. So, so you got to categorize your spending. That's key. Then you need to review, okay, what, what was our budget and how did we actually do? Right. So if our budget was 10 grand a month, and we came in at 12 grand a month or last month, we were over budget, right? Or if we came in under, we're like, we need to know that. This is what we said as our budget. This is what we actually did, right? And then from there, you need to be thinking about, are there any changes that we should make? So if, if we came in over budget, again, going back to our point at uh, number three, don't try to boil the ocean, start small and then stack your wins. So if you, if you're, right. you know, if you came in over budget, Rather than trying to change everything at one time, just pick pick one area you want to get better at. There'll probably be a spillover effect, as we've said many times. So budget, budget versus <laughs> third is update your balance sheet, right? So balance sheet meaning what is the value of our assets? What is the value of our liabilities? What's our overall net worth? Let's update that and make sure we're all clear on what our net worth is, right? And then four is how are we doing on our goals that we've set? So how are we doing on retirement? How are we doing on those, you know, the, the dream vacation we want to go on? How are we doing on our, our kids' college education and things like that? So, you know, updating those four things, categorizing spending, budget versus actual, balance sheets, and goals. If you do that every month with your spouse or if you're single, doing it with even, even if it's just with yourself, but even, you know, ideally maybe with somebody else so that you can have kind of a team thing going, that strategy will hold you accountable to getting things done in this area of budgeting. Dude, I actually think it would be so cool if like single, like if someone who's listening to this is single and starts doing this with their friends, like, Hey, you should try that. Yeah, like have, how make cool it would fun. that be? 
if like they just Make like it, start doing so, that yeah 100 yeah. percent. should not be so boring. you know what think about it like it's really no different than fitness right how much more likely are you to follow through on working out and eating good when you're you're doing workouts with a friend of yours how, how much more likely are you to, to follow through so much more right Oh, and someone, someone's yeah, not you feel, letting you off the hook. Yes. You're going to let yourself yeah, off you're the hook. Someone else won't. It's not just about you. Yeah. So when you have this monthly finance meeting with with a friend of yours, if, you know, if that's the situation, right, then you're probably a lot more – it's no different. You're more likely to follow through. So, But make it fun, right? Make it fun. Go out to eat and, and talk right. about it. We would encourage people to go out to eat and spend money to talk about this thing because otherwise people just don't do it. 100%. And if you guys don't have someone to do this with, <laughs> Nate will I've do actually, it. I've actually, <laughs> I've actually thought about it. We should do like we should do like some Zoom, some like you know how like like the Pel- Peloton or, yeah. right, has mastered this whole like class of workouts, and people are so excited to go do the workout at the same time together. We should have that for finance, like where we're going to do yeah. these. <laughs> or you well can the Elvers household Instagram live their next monthly finance? We should. Meeting. We should. Hey, come exactly. do your monthly with us, I, just for the first time. Yeah, we should. I would we love should. That. We should do Zoom <laughs> Zoom classes to get everybody on there, and we go over the, the agenda together. But yeah, so 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 number four tip: right. schedule a monthly finance meeting with your spouse or yourself or a friend to review your finances. Have it on the calendar for the next, the remainder yeah. of the year. It's on my calendar the first Wednesday of every month for the rest of the year for my wife and I to go through this together. Yeah. Yeah. Get it done. And if you don't keep a calendar, put an alarm on your phone or something like that that you're going to see. Like schedule it and then put like a bunch of alarms the day before or the day of. But just stick to it. That's the point. Tip number five. Bring us home. The the fifth fifth tip. tip. So I had a great conversation earlier today with a a good friend of mine um, about this tip. So we get the question a lot. So our mission is to max or dash, right? And so we covered what that meant in the last episode. If you don't know what that means, go listen to episode two. But what we, right, so maxing your dash to us means, you know, putting your money in the places that are going to give you the most joy and happiness in your life. So one question we get a lot is, is Nate or Steve, how do I know if I can afford that thing that is going to max my dash? Like, so the, the conversation I was having with a friend of mine earlier today was, you know, he, he really wants to have a boat. He loves to fish. His family would love to go out on a boat or whatever. And he wants to, he's like scared. He's, he's kind of hesitant to pull the trigger on it. And he wants to know, how do I know if I can do that? Like, how do I know that that's a good decision? So the first question I always ask people is, how much happiness are you going to get out of it? Like, what's the multiplier effect of happiness from this purchase that you're going to get out of that purchase, right? So there's certain things. Everyone's different on this, by the way. Like, your core values are going to sort of drive the answer to that question. So for this right. person in particular, it's a 10x. He like having this boat is going to allow him and his family to go have amazing memories together. I love that. Right? But yes. Is that what he said he's to like, you? He's I like asked, it's a, yeah, you, you asked, asked him and he was like he's like this is this I I don't I would I don't know if there's anything that would make me happier. Right? So so I was like okay, so I you check that. that box. So then the question becomes can you afford it? So how do you figure that out? So as we talked about in the four earlier steps, well, if you have an emergency fund, if you have all your finances automated and you have an emergency fund, that's something we haven't talked about yet, but an emergency fund, meaning do you have 
six months of like expenses saved and set aside for a rainy day. If you don't have that, then no, you can't, you shouldn't go buy the boat. Right. But if you do have that, yeah. okay, great. Yeah. Then the next thing, as we talked about earlier was, are you saving 20% of your income? If you're doing that and you have the emergency fund and you've automated all your finances, then the decision is actually kind of easy. You just said that it's a 10 X multiplier on, right. on fulfillment and happiness for you and your family. And you're saving 20% of your income and you have an emergency fund, pull the trigger, go do it. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And think about how much more you can enjoy that thing now, knowing that you're not stressed exactly. about if you can afford it. I feel like when you buy something you really, really love or do something or go on a trip, you're like stressed out half the time. Like, can I even afford this? And you're like, whatever, I'm just going to do it. Think you can focus all your time and energy into maxing your dash and loving whatever that thing you just did. Because the thought of, Oh, can I actually afford yep. this is not even and on the flip side of that. You know, if you're going and you're spending money all the time on all these things that, and you're saying I'm maxing my dash, <laughs> but you don't have an emergency fund and you're not saving 20% of your income, you're not maxing your dash because you're right. financially stressed. And that's not a good way to live your life, yep. right? So you need to have the emergency fund. You need to be saving your 20% of your income. Your finances need to be automated. But when you've done those things, and by the way, what about that isn't controllable? Nothing. So when you've set those things up, yep. then yeah, I, let's identify what is going to bring you the most joy and let's figure out how to go get those things. And so, but again, to bring it back yeah. to automation, Steve, automate that too. So if, if like for you, like, let's say you're a, a, you know, you're a family, you've got some kids now who are maybe like eight or nine or 10 years old and you're getting kind of that phase of life where going to Disney world would be like an amazing thing to do as a family. Right. But maybe you've never done that kind of trip before you're nervous about how much it's going to cost or whatever. Automate setting aside money in a max or dash fund, literally call it that, right? Create a separate account called the max or dash fund and automate how much money you're putting away each month for that dream. That's how you make these things come to life where you, you actually create a plan to do that stuff. And that's what we're all about, right? That's what we want our clients to be doing is automating that they're make they're putting their money yeah. to work on the things that are going to create the best memories and experiences for their families, the stuff that they're going to remember forever. Yeah. So that would be tip five. How awesome are those conversations that you have like with your clients that when, when they're like building up the max or dash fund, that's like, those are like yeah, the because, best conversations. Yeah. When well, they're talking about what's your max or dash fund. And we also, you literally just wrote yeah. a blog about this too. So they can go read that as well. Just yeah. diving yeah. more into that. But again, treat it like you treat everything else. And that was what the blog was about. Like it's treat it like a bill, treat it like you do your 401k. Yes. Yes. Right. You need to be saving 20% of your income. Yes. You need to be paying your bills, but yes, you also need to be having fun and enjoying your life. Right. That's just as important, maybe more important, right. but don't, you know, so, yeah but automate it. So that's, that's kind of the point here is get it, make it a part yep. of the budget. So let's round out tip five flow chart real quick. You know, if someone says, can I max my dash and buy or spend this flow chart real quick? If you have this, yeah, yeah, yeah. then yes. If you have, this, do you have a yes, six month emergency it. fund? If the answer is no, no, you can't buy it. If the answer is yes, move, let's move to the next thing. Are you saving 20% of your income? Yes. Buy it. As long as it, yeah. Okay. Exactly. Does it make? Yeah. Actually, did we do happy. a post on this? Yep. 
Oh man, we did. Yeah, it was on Instagram. The last one was like, "Does it does it make you happy?" And exactly, then it was just yeah. Master so, Dash at the end of it. Do you have a six month emergency yep. fund? Yes. Do you have? Are you saving twenty percent of your income? Yes. Is this is this going to add a lot of joy and happiness to your life? Yes. Pull the trigger. Boom. Yep. Cool. All right. So round out the five tips. Recap. Let's say them. I love this. You could, you could, you could cram all these five <laughs> tips into a book and, and sell this on, on in, like on Let's Amazon. Legit. So it's, five it's awesome. tips recap. Number one tip, set up your environment to win. How do you do that? Automate your cash flow, and use those little tricks like putting something on your bathroom mirror or whatever to, so you see it every single day. Number two tip, forecast the large expenses for the next 12 months and make it a part of your budget. Don't let those things surprise you. Number three, start small and stack your wins, right? Remember that Jerry Seinfeld never break the chain method. Have a daily way to track what you're trying to change, but start small and execute. Number four, have a monthly finance meeting with your spouse or yourself or a friend where you review your spending, your budget, update your balance sheet, and update your goals. And number five, make sure your max your dash fund is a part of your budget. Get clear on the things that are going to provide you the most joy and fulfillment in your life and make sure that's a part of your budget. It's just as important as what you're putting in your 401k. I love it. I really want people to, if you're listening to this and you want to do this after reach out to us, let us know, let us know how it's going, because I think that this is awesome. If you take action on this, you will, you will become a a better budgeter a hundred percent. Um, Okay. Anything else to add to, to those tips, Nate, as we kind of close so. up? I think that, I think we covered it all. Okay. Okay. Well, guys, again, if you guys um, are going to do a monthly finance meeting and you need someone to do it with, <laughs> feel free to reach out to Nate. <laughs> he, lo- he loves doing these, but I think that'll wrap up our episode for today. Um next episode we have another financial planning top financial planning topic to discuss which we're excited about um we also will be doing a giveaway um in the next couple weeks probably next week at the latest the week after so keep an eye on our show, socials especially if you are a Ooh. buffalo bills fan but i think that's going to do it um for today's episode anything no, else on no. on your end nate um i, I just think uh as much interaction awesome. as we can get from our listeners we we appreciate it because this is for you this is not for us we want the the goal of this is to educate our clients and help them live happier lives um, and be more financially secure so please comment and share with us anything that you you you've learned or or ideas of new topics you'd like us to talk about all right guys that about wraps it up thank you for listening liking and sharing we will catch you in the next one Securities offered through Securities America, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Security America Advisors, Inc. Dash Capital Advisors and Securities America are separate entities.